Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang and today on The Detail, our electricity market and why some are calling it a mess. The government says the market is not working. Power bills are costing households almost 80% more than in 1990. Not everybody is getting the benefits of competition and too many people struggle to meet their monthly power bill. There were rolling blackouts across the North Island last night because our demand for power had exceeded generation. In terms of confidence in the market, it was pretty low already and now we've also got to worry about security of supply. The Electricity Price Review in 2019 found that more than 100,000 households spend over 10% of their income paying power bills. Why are we paying so much for our electricity? That's not right. Poor people are paying for this power, and it's, it just shouldn't be. The five gentailers are all profit-making businesses. It's their, it's their job, really, to make as much money as possible. The way that the electricity market is constructed here is certainly a cause of controversy. Tom Puller-Stricker is a senior journalist at Stuff who's been covering power in New Zealand. I'll talk to him soon about why our current market is controversial. But first, he gives me a quick rundown on where our power comes from and how it gets there. Power is, is generated uh, almost at entirely at grid connected power stations it's transmitted in, into the national grid which is run by transpower and uh, and from there it goes down into the the infrastructure of sort of local lines companies uh, that that we have in different regions and and they own the cables that take the power into your home in new zealand what is the breakdown of where we get our power source New Zealand is relatively unusual in that the majority of our power comes from uh, hydroelectric power schemes and it's a particular feature of the New Zealand market and in a way it, it, it underlies some of the controversies around market structure. Uh, geothermal is also a, a significant uh, contributor of ele- electricity. Uh, I understand it produces sort of can produce between about 15 and 20 percent of New Zealand's electricity. This year, there's been a lot more generation from coal uh, burning at the Huntley Power Station, partly because of a shortage of gas, which is another another source. Wind energy, I believe, um, produces about five percent of, of of the country's electricity, and and, uh, and and those those are the major sources. Who are the different players we have here in New Zealand in terms of the electricity market? <laughs> Well, uh, the generation of electricity is dominated by uh, the five uh, major gen tailors, which are Meridian, uh, Genesis Energy, Mercury Energy, all of which are 51% owned by the Crown. Uh, then uh, the other two gen, gen tailors, which are, which are privately owned, which both generate and retail electricity, are Contact Energy and Trust Power. Uh, there are a number of independent electricity retailers as well in the market which don't generate their own power uh, but which sell electricity to consumers. They have been struggling this year because of high wholesale prices and uh, we're starting to see the arrival of uh, sort of pure renewable generation only players. Um, uh, Lodestone uh, Energy being the, uh, the, 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 the notable player there coming into the New Zealand market 
and saying with and saying that it's going to to to, to establish uh, grid connected solar energy farms that will uh, add to the generation mix. And the electricity authority, an independent crown entity, is responsible for the regulation of the market. But the current power structure is increasingly frustrating small retailers. We've had a market that's enabled dominance by a few uh, gen tailors, so they both generate electricity and they retail it. The large gen tailors, Meridian, uh, Genesis, Mercury, they're able to sort of consume the power that they produce, uh, a lot of it through their own retail base. Now, the generation that they have left over, they sell. Uh, through the wholesale market. A proportion of that will be at spot prices, which just sort of uh, bounce around a lot according to how much demand and supply there is during the day. And another big chunk of that will be sold on under contracts, really, um, for the wholesale market. This is this has been sort of controversial. I, I, the the major entailers have the ability to produce electricity very cheaply, particularly from their hydropower plants. And you could argue that it's very much in their interests to have uh, the wholesale market price at a at as a higher price as possible. Not only because uh, they obviously earn, earn money from from that uh, uh, from those wholesale sales, but also because that controls the extensive competition that they face from independent retailers that are buying that electricity on the wholesale market. They are using that market power to hold wholesale prices. Uh, high for their competitors, such as Flick Electric, while they sell energy direct to the retail arm at a lower price. Now, that, that lower price typically doesn't actually get passed on to consumers. You know, it goes to their profits and their bottom line while they simultaneously erode competition. So we think that market structure is just not right. The five gentailers are all profit-making businesses. It's their, it's their job, really, to make as much uh, as much money as possible. That is what, what, what they're charged with, really, as, as directors. So, so, so of course, they, they have that interest. The reason that they're making a, a lot of profit out of power is a fundamental problem with the electricity market. That's Brian Leyland, a power systems engineer and industry expert. When they decide how much power they need for a given day, they ask all the generators to bid in how much they want to be paid in order to generate. The system operator works out how many of them are needed in order to give a reliable supply, sufficient supply. And then all the generators are paid by the most expensive generator. So if a whole lot of hydro schemes bid in at three cents, and Huntley builds in at 20, the hydro schemes get 20 cents. And different factors compound the situation. Remember, the majority of our electricity is produced from hydro schemes, and they are relatively low cost to run. And saying that, we still need to get electricity from other sources, which are more expensive to run, and that reflects in the higher bids. Every time the other sources bid and are selected by TransPower, the system's operator, those who run hydro get the benefit of the cost difference. And prices also increase in general when lake levels are low or there is a drought season. Brian Leyland gives his take on how to make the market better. Two things we could do. The first is switch to a single buyer market, which would be a major switch and would be strongly resisted by the generators but not by the consumers. 
<laughs> and we would be quite a bit better off. Single market would look like a one independent organisation, and it's very important that they be independent of the government, coordinating everything, doing long-term planning and deciding how much generation was needed and getting some idea of the best type of generation for the fulfil the needs, then going out to tender, open and competitive tender internationally for someone to build and operate the power stations for 25 years in return for a fixed payment every year, which is the cost of owning it, and being paid at cost for the cost of generation. So, so that, allows, that allows the system operator to make sure that the most suitable stations and the cheapest stations are the ones that run most. Another option which would ensure the reliability of power sources is setting up a capacity market. Paying generators for the amount of extra, for the amount of power they generate during system demand peaks when the load's very high. And also in the same way rewarding people who reduce their demand when the peak is high. And so a capacity market would add incentives for controlling demand and add incentives for producing reliable generation that can guarantee to be available during a peak. The other thing we could do is set up a separate market. Maybe it doesn't have to be separate, where the generators say, I want to be paid this much per year for holding this much energy in reserve. So Genesis, for instance, will say, uh, you need me to hold a million tonnes of coal in a stockpile. If you pay me $50 million a year just for holding it there, I'll make sure it's ready for when you need it. And the hydro generators should say, well, I won't drain my legs beyond this mark if you agree that you will pay me for holding the water and I use it when you say so. So they, they would go quite a long way, I think, towards improving the situation. Yeah. The devil will be in the detail and it needs to be thought out carefully. Yeah. How likely do you think that is to happen, though, just to actually see such a significant shift? Well, the UK and many other markets have already switched or added to the... They've got markets that were originally similar to ours. And a lot of them have now added capacity markets because they've had the same sort of capacity problems that we have. And they over-reward generators that are not reliable and don't adequately reward generators that are reliable. So there's a precedent for it. It's not particularly difficult to introduce. It could be done relatively easily. Electricity was state-owned for a period of time before it became privatised and the wholesale market emerged. Brian says we shouldn't go back to government ownership. The two government monopolies we had before, which was the State Hydroelectric Department and the Public Works Department, who had a virtual monopoly, were getting top-heavy, inefficient and they were hampered in everything they wanted to do by the public service rules on employing people. So they couldn't um, bring modern practices in because the unions blocked it. So state ownership isn't necessarily better then for our electricity market? Private ownership, I think, is essential because when you've got com- genuinely competing companies, you get the best results. And the problem is to have a market where they are able to and must genuinely compete. 
how would you describe our current electricity market? I think our, our current electricity market would be fantastic, perhaps, if we were a country of 300 million people that had the normal mix of uh, generation assets that, that most countries face. Uh, but we're not, obviously. We're, we're, we're a very small economy with a very complicated electricity market. Uh, and one that has that particular feature that the, the majority of power is produced using uh, for, from hydroelectric schemes that were built a long time ago. I, I think electricity can and should be cheaper than it is. Currently, the problem really, in a way, is uh, is that producer surplus that generators are able to earn and uh, the fact that the, the price that people pay for electricity is, is higher than it needs to be on aggregate because of that. Uh, the price is effectively being set most of the time by the most expensive form of generation at that particular time. And it, it needn't necessarily be be done that way. Uh, we, we need to make sure that there are proper incentives for people to build uh, new generating capacity. Uh, but we don't necessarily need to pay the same price for that electricity, for that new generation, as we pay for electricity that was produced from assets that were built decades ago by taxpayers. This has obviously been an issue for a while now, and that's why the government had that electricity price review in 2019. A new report released by the government shows households are paying through the nose for power. The review's chair says something's got to give. Fairness may dictate that some of those um, sharing of costs should be reallocated. Has much changed since then? Uh, not, not really. I mean, the, the, the government's electricity price should be very much f- focused on retail competition. Uh, there was a lot of attention given to things like prompt payment discounts and the, the, the arguably distorting effect that, that they had on more vulnerable consumers. Uh, and more recently, we've seen a response to its suggestion of the uh, phasing out of low user tariffs, which were initially sort of designed as an electricity conservation measure, but which um, the government argues, again, maybe disadvantaging some uh, less well-off consumers and perhaps causing some sort of perverse outcomes in, in discouraging people from buying electric cars and things. So uh, the, the electricity price review sort of, I think, canvassed the retail parts of the market uh, in quite a lot of detail. Not everybody would agree with all of the decisions that it came out with, but but I don't think you could argue that it was um, that it was a sort of light look at those issues. But there was really very little attention given to the wholesale market and and, 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 and the more major structural elements of, of the market. And I, I think that that's likely to change. Um, the new sort of new renewable sources of electricity have a very different sort of economy around them compared to uh, the fossil fuel generation that we're trying to phase out. Gas and coal plants uh, are quite different. I mean, gas plants in particular are quite cheap to, to actually build but the electricity, that you know, the cost of the input to get the electricity is quite high. So they have a sort of uh, a low fixed cost, but a very high marginal cost of production. As forms of renewable electricity, solar and wind, very, very different. All of the costs in those power plants are really the upfront costs of actually building the power plants themselves. But once you've built them, it really costs virtually nothing to produce the electricity from them, a, a bit like hydro. That means that if you have a, a market that does switch to being um, 100% renewable, where it's no longer you know, the, the last kilowatt of gas 
and the cost of producing of producing electricity using that that determines the market price for electricity. Once you move away from that, and everything is 100% renewable, the whole market could really tip on its head, and we could see. Um, instead of this big producer surplus that generators can earn now, we, we could potentially see the wholesale price of electricity really crashing below the point where we'd want it to be as, as generators competed with each other with really no flaw to the prices that they were incentivized to sell market uh, electricity into the wholesale market. Um, so uh, I, I think that uh, whatever happens, really, the, the, the structure of the electricity market is, is going to be a topic of sort of constant review over the next five to 10 years as we move towards that 100% renewable target, as we move towards um, building big stores of energy. And it may be that perhaps sort of the forms that electricity companies are rejecting or, or fearful of today might actually become in their interests in, in future. So are you saying that instead of doing a lot of big reform now with the current structure we have when we're still using coal and gas, it might be better to actually reach that 100% goal, renewable goal, and then do whatever reform we need. I think I think it's one argument. I, I think that by the time, uh, as we sort of reach the end of the decade, the market really is going to have to change. I, I don't think there's any reason for, for to not look at those issues sooner and perhaps to to prepare for that. And and there is. There's a current. The current problem is 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 one of uh, high prices and excessive profitability and and, and um, distortions to, to competition. They won't quite be the problems that we'll have down the track, but the solution might always almost be the same, even though the problems will, will be different through that period. So, I, I think you know that probably is a view. I think partly within government that they need to perhaps wait to see what the sort of future structure of the market is but you know arguably there's not a lot of harm in sort of tackling that that problem now. How effective do you think the electricity authority has been? Uh, I think we'll see how effective the electricity authority can be in the next few months as it releases its uh, review of the wholesale electricity market. Uh, it has been in the past, I think, uh, very wedded to the current market structure. And indeed, it went into back for it strongly in, in about March, I think, saying, so, um, so saying that it viewed it, it as being um, very highly regarded internationally. So it would be a big mindset change for the Electricity Authority to endorse the sort of fundamental reform of the current electricity market. And I don't think that they're likely to do that. I think we may see some changes come from them that uh, are designed to be sort of add-ons, I guess, to the existing market. I think it would be fair to say that the Electricity Authority was, was humiliated, really, by the outcome of the undesirable trading situation that it identified this year, where after independent retailers accused Meridian and, and contact of um, withholding electricity as a generation essentially from the South Island power schemes back in 2019. It's found that consumers paid about $80 million too much for power, while excess water was unnecessarily spilled, which caused high wholesale prices. The authority, you know, wasn't able to sort of address that issue and give a reassurance to consumers that they would not lose out from uh, the uh, undesirable trading situation that it identified. 
uh, it, it wasn't able to sort of put things put things right and fix things. And I, I think that's um, uh, that's a sort of bit of a wild card, really, how how the electricity authority sort of feels about that failure. Mm. Um, uh, and, and I think it might lead it to take some sort of interventions that we'll see in 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 this wholesale review. Whether they're the ones that really address the, the key sort of market structure questions is, is a different one. Mm. Because technically, shouldn't the Electricity Authority be the the consumer voice, be, be into bat for us? I, I think that the Electricity Authority is doing what it thinks is right for the market overall. Uh, the trouble is that there are, I guess, different views as, as to how the market should be structured and and what the best outcome is. And and look, I mean, there, there is an argument that we should sort of keep things as they are, keep down on the current track. I, I think that the major electricity companies will say, well, look, you know, we have seen a pickup in investment in, in new generation in the past 12 months or so with, with new uh, wind and solar and geothermal plants being commissioned. Uh, they, they will argue, I think, that, you know, the worst thing we should do now is create uncertainty by sort of playing with the settings in the market when they're in this period after a long period of low investments of actually sort of building new power stations. So there, there is sort of that argument in favour of keeping the status quo. Um, I, I, I think you can probably go sort of too far there. Uh, the sophisticated argument, I guess, around that's come up, which, which the major electricity users group has, has said is that, you know, it's, it, it's good that there is this new generation, but if investment lags, if it lags behind the growth of demand that we see and the retirement of the thermal generation that we're going to be seeing in the next decade or so, we'll still see unaffordable prices. That's it for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The Detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and is a joint newsroom and RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Jeremy Ansell engineered this episode, Alexia Russell produced it, and thanks to Tom Pulistrika and Brian Leyland. Kaikete Anwar.